Finally, we hear Wayne Bruce discussing issues with Steve Rubick, the Chief Executive of St Vincent's and Marta Health Service. Steve, thanks very much for your time today. To open the conversation, could I ask you perhaps where you see the healthcare industry heading over the next uh, five years? The healthcare industry will have gone through some major reforms in that period, both in the public sector and the private sector. I think in terms of public sector, we'll see much more accountability around the investment that community or communities and governments are making into the public sector, specifically in New South Wales where we reside. There is sufficient money going into the health system but I think it's probably not being spent efficiently. There'll be new structures in place, there'll be new accountabilities in place, and we'll see um, vast improvements in in metrics in respect to health outcomes. Um, I'm very confident of that, but it will take five years to get there. In respect to private health, I genuinely believe it will expand. I think there's an opportunity in government for there to be some enhancement of competition policy in terms of health and production of health services. And I think the private sector is well positioned to be a participant in that. Um, That could be both not-for-profit, charitable, or simply publicly listed private health providers, but I think there'll be an expansion in their service offerings. Mm. Um, I think the other uh, advancement we're feeling here at St Vincent's and Marta Health is around the technology issue. And I think we're on this cuff of vast improvements in terms of use of technology. Um, For us, it's around diagnostic services in operating theatres, in robotic surgical systems, and more specifically, as now hands noted, um, more specifically, pharmaceuticals. We are seeing um, great investment in innovation around pharmaceuticals, and I expect that will deliver some fantastic improvements in pharmacological Um, treatment of patients with certain illnesses. Mm. And if I was to think about one other area of of, of improvement in the next five years, it would definitely be around the growth in research activities. Mm -hmm. Both nationally and on a state basis, there is a lot of capital being invested in building research capabilities on most major health campuses in New South Wales and I understand in Queensland and Victoria. And I think that will deliver quite significant translational research benefits for healthcare providers. Mm. Um, not just seeing test tubes on scientists' desks and research papers being written, but I think there'll be some quite um, practical improvements that arise out of research activities. And an example might be um, one that's, that's relevant here, um, a fully artificial heart is within the next five years. So this growing need for transplants of um, transplanted hearts um, could diminish mm. if these artificial hearts turn out to be effective like we think they might be. Mm. And of course the other one is, is the cancer vaccines. Um, tens and hundreds of millions of dollars being spent on, on cancer vaccines in these research um, entities. And I think you hope, for our kids anyway, mm. that they'll deliver some benefits in the next five years. Mm, very interesting. And uh, you perhaps touched on this, but what industry trends have you noticed emerging in the last one or two years? 
No, there's there's no question. There are, there are some positive and some negative trends. I guess we'll start with the with the with the negatives. I think the the way that our expenditure or expenditures have risen so much in the last two years, not so much in wages, but I think in medical and surgical supplies, pharmaceutical supplies, the cost of medical equipment, the cost of information technology, um, it has been exhausting. And I think for us to continue to cope with that, there's going to have to be some more rationalisation to deliver efficiencies in those areas to hospital and health providers, and I think that's a major trend that will continue. In terms of positive trends, we're seeing a great deal of interest from government and universities in wanting to deliver solutions for the working shortages in nursing specifically, but also in medicine. And so there are um, a lot of university partnerships evolving between major health providers and universities to increase and to sponsor um, particularly nursing training programs but also medical training programs. And what do you see uh, as being the major issues that are currently affecting your organisation, St Vincent's and Mater Health? For us, we need to continue to grow to remain competitive in the health industry. Grow in both the public services and private services, aged care and as previously mentioned um, we are growing in our research endeavours. So if we think about those four service lines, um, it's important for us to be cognisant of having to invest in all those areas, and we are actually um, doing that as, as we speak. We are less impacted by the nursing shortages, as, as mentioned. So our issues um, are around growth. Our issues are around... Um, being more efficient as a health provider, both in a um, group sense, but also in a national group sense. And I think potentially there is room for um, industry efficiencies, particularly in Catholic healthcare. And do you think, because you've got that fairly unique mix of public and private research and emerging into aged care, do you think that gives an organisation like yours a competitive advantage in the in the marketplace, whether that's private, public, or whatever it might be. Oh, most definitely. I, in our interactions with government and with our interactions with health insurance funders, our interaction with um, investors of, of capital, they see us having characteristics of all those types of um, providers in health, and they certainly see it as advantage. We use it strategically. We leverage offered when it is convenient and appropriate to do so and it's given us some big wins. At the moment we're piloting, we're trying to pilot with New South Wales Health a new management model for, for one of their rural hospitals where we'll put a small private hospital on site and potentially we'll manage both the public and the private and that's unique to us because of our experience and our, um, our characteristics. And I think um, the community see it as a, as a significant positive attribute and while all our stakeholders think that is important um, we'll continue to use them. Talking about stakeholders the mission and the values are very important to St Vincent and Marta Health. How does that manifest itself in the perhaps the strategy but also the operations of the service? Um, we don't do everything well um, at St Vincent and Marta but what we do well is culture we do values well and 
most of our staff are very clear on what our mission and vision is. And I think in this current environment of challenges in healthcare, that serves us very well. It is good to hold managers and staff accountable um, for the values of the organisation. We manage people by the values. If they don't perform consistently with the values, um, we take a, di a different path with them. So we do hold people accountable. That's important. It's good to know the history, tradition, the foundations of these hospitals and this healthcare system we have, and to continuously tell the story, and we do that very well. And as you know, the St Vincent's public um, recently turned 150. Um, St Vincent's private has turned 100 this year. The Martyr turned 100 years, a couple of years back. St Joseph's is 125 years. And that tells you something about mm -hmm. the mission and the values of these organisations. It is probably the single largest distinguishing feature between us and our public hospital cousins and our private hospital cousins who are not so mission-focused as we are. And again, I mean, all our stakeholders, particularly the community and our patients and our doctors, see that as an important feature of what we do. Do you see that um, there might be further consolidation that occurs within the not-for-profit healthcare sector? I think it's a must. I think there must be further consolidation in the not-for-profit sector, even just to remain competitive in terms of some of the pressures I mentioned earlier, unless we get more efficient, particularly around the the so-called back-of-office operations, payroll, finance, IT. It's, it's expensive to run them in isolation. It's hard to keep up on the investment required in those areas, and I think um, that will force particularly the smaller um, not-for-profits that will find it hard to get access to capital. Um, they'll ha they will have to come together. And if, if it's not in the next five years, it's certainly near, near um, after that. And what do you think are the key issues facing St Vincent's and Mater Health in terms of attracting and retaining senior level talent, senior level executives? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. We, like every other provider, have a, a large part of our workforce being nurses at an average age of close to 50. And that's a different generation. They view the world differently. The youngsters that are coming through, these Generation Xs and Generation Ys, want and desire very different very different things from their employer. So we're having to actually try and refocus some of our human resources policies and practices and flexibilities that are built into our enterprise agreements. And I think that's a challenge for us. Health is a very logistic-focused, um, based on logarithms that say start here and go to 300 for a particular process and it's not easy to build those flexibilities into wards and operating theatres and kitchens and that's a major challenge for us. We need to rebuild that platform of how we engage employees and I think that's a, that's a huge challenge for us. Going back to an earlier question, do you think that again having that unique cluster of public-private research, do you think that gives you a, an advantage in being able to attract key people? In terms of attracting um, talent, we don't have a shortage in attracting people. The challenge is keeping them engaged and keeping them challenged once they join us. Um, we tend to be, for those reasons that you mentioned, we tend to be a magnet. So we have people knocking on the door wanting to come, both at leadership levels, um, senior clinician levels, and even at non-clinician levels, um, in part because of mission values, in part because they see this as dynamic, and that's true. But once you get them... They have to be challenged. And I, I think about many of the, 
the under 30 year olds I get to um, um, meet with and, and what they say to us and me is that unless you challenge me um, I can't hang around for too long and they want that it's an interesting mm. dynamic so how as an organization do you do you try and provide that challenge we we invest a significant amount in, in leadership and development training and um, we run various modules of that on our own we have a number of university joint ventures in terms of um, ongoing training even including nursing ongoing postgraduate degrees we um, sponsor more than ordinary organisations for people wanting to do f um, ongoing education. Uh, we do that well. We we do a lot of uh, a lot of events and activities that don't relate to education, but engage staff around you know functions and the usual social connections that you build with staff. But we go out of our way to really invite staff to be part of that and many take it off not all but many um, we we do Christmas spectacularly well and um, not because we're ca well because we're Catholic but also because we think it's important to engage staff so we, we, we there's always something on mm. we're never short of you know, interacting with staff mm, fantastic and lastly Steve what do you think are the key competencies that today's senior healthcare executive needs oh, there's there's no question um, Wayne, that they, they have to have strategic capacity. If they can't think strategically in the senior leadership levels, they're probably in the wrong position. We have many terrific people, um, particularly at middle management levels, and they do, do a fantastic job. We've tried some of them at, at more senior leadership levels. Some have done well, some have failed. The clear distinguishing feature isn't how hard they work, they all work very hard, it's their capacity to think high level in terms of strategy, development, future and building capacity, particularly organisational capacity in the organisation. And if you've got great organisational capacity, um, you'll, you'll achieve a lot. That's what we need out of our leaders. Mm. Very good. Thanks very much for your time today. You're welcome.